Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And uh, we've been away for a while. We haven't really put out a show because we've been very busy getting ready for a couple of things. First is Fall Conference, which is really days away. Uh, Amazingly, uh, time has flown and we are looking at October 15th through the 18th in Austin, Texas, getting a great program together for that. We're hard at work getting all the details together. So when you get there, it will be a fantastic event. Registration is still available. Uh, www.acec.org slash FC for fall conference. You can register. You can look at the speakers. You can look at the schedule. But uh, we'd love to see you there in Austin, Texas with us. Uh, The other two items that we've really been focused in on. First is um, the R&D amortization issue which is a massive issue for our industry and all industries that are engaged in research and development. We have been working uh, to really get together all the constituent pieces that we need to do kind of an advocacy communications campaign on this issue that's really focused in on what uh, the engineering industry needs in a fix for the five-year amortization of R&D expenses And you're going to hear a lot more about that at fall conference. So I really do encourage everybody to register and to attend. And of course, the elephant in the room, uh, we're recording this podcast on Friday, the 20, uh, the 29th. And we are really hours away from a government shutdown. Um, and it seems as though, uh, it's going to play out that way. And, to talk about it and what it means, the impacts that a government shutdown would have on the industry. Very pleased to be joined by Matt Reifer from our advocacy team and to give us a little bit more perspective and, you know, some, some clarity on what seems to be a very confusing and, and ever changing situation um, in the house. So Matt, um, can you give us kind of a Kifnos version of how we got here and what here is exactly right now as we as we speak? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you'll recall back in the springtime, uh, the first major issue that Congress uh, and the White House had to deal with was uh, the debt limit. We were approaching the borrowing limit for the federal government. Uh, and in the absence of a deal there, we would have faced a fiscal default on our financial obligations. So that was a real uh, financial crisis. Thankfully, uh, Speaker McCarthy and Republican leaders in the House were able to reach a deal with the administration and then pass that deal on a bipartisan basis called the Fiscal Responsibility Act. Uh, and uh, in addition to raising the borrowing limit, what that deal did uh, included a number of uh, budget cuts and other uh budget savings measures that Republicans had insisted on, including spending caps for the next two federal fiscal years, 24 and 25. And at the time, the projection was that 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 agreement on spending caps would facilitate a much more orderly uh, and efficient appropriations process. So those annual spending bills um, would move through because everybody's working from the same uh, overall spending framework. But that changed over the summer. Uh, Fiscal conservatives in the House uh, did not like the deal that the speaker cut with the president and so insisted on additional reductions. So House appropriators then 
drafted their spending bills uh, at significantly lower levels below those caps that were agreed to. And their, their argument was uh, a ceiling isn't a floor. It's just because that's the amount you can spend doesn't mean you have to spend that. And so we want to see additional spending reductions. But the Senate uh, committee moved forward with bills uh, under that overall spending limit and, in fact, went over the limit with some emergency designations. So now you've got the House and the Senate who are drafting bills that are over $100 billion apart uh, in, in total spending. So now we're coming up to the end of the federal fiscal year this weekend. September 30 uh, is when the, the current uh, appropriations uh, laws will lapse. Uh, and then with, in the absence of some kind of stopgap measure uh, over the weekend, uh, come Monday morning, yeah, we will have a partial government. Yeah. Now, you know, how much how much of this is do you think is a – how much do you think this is real and how much do you think – you know, policy or, or how much do you think is just political? Um, Matt Gates is kind of – you say what you will about him. He did a very good job of being the kingmaker when um, the Speaker McCarthy was finally elected Speaker. And he had that one piece of collateral in his pocket, which is the one vote for, uh, you know, uh, uh, a bad, you know, yeah, yeah, motion to vacate for the chair. You know, how much do you think this is a fait accompli about him just kind of closing the loop on his plan to <laughs> first get the vote and then exercise the vote to, to vacate <laughs> yeah, the chair? Yeah, that's a good it's a good question, um, and that's part of the challenge here, obviously. So the House Republicans have a nine-seat majority, and so on any vote where it's going to be a, a purely partisan party-line vote, Republicans can only lose up to four uh, no votes, and if they get to five, then the measure will fail. So there's incredibly narrow margins, which gives just a handful of, of lawmakers an opportunity to block something again if it's if it's going to move forward on a on a partisan basis. And what's what's tricky in this scenario is you've got so many different variables and issues that a handful of members are are raising. As you indicated, there are some like Congressman Gates who. Um, have never supported Kevin McCarthy as the speaker. Uh, they think that he has violated whatever promises or commitments he made to achieve his speakership. Uh, and so there's there's that dynamic. There are Republicans who want to see additional border security uh, funding and border provisions. There are, again, conservatives who want to cut spending. There's opposition to additional Ukraine funding. Um, so there's there's all kinds of different moving parts on um, this, which complicate uh, the ability to just pass a, a so-called clean continuing resolution uh, or, or short-term short stopgap spending measure. So until we get to the point where, where the speaker decides, well, we can't pass this on Republican-only votes, and they need to cut, like we had with the debt ceiling, uh, cut a deal with Democrats and, and the White House that will be at an impasse. And there still is some word out there that there is the opportunity for some, you know the Democrats to come in and, and and bail out the speaker and cover the the you know break a deal so that the shutdown's averted. Yeah, what are you hearing about that? And then also, what's the administration saying? What's what's the Biden administration saying about this? 
Yeah, I mean, the congressional Democrats have basically said, and, and the, the White House is saying the same thing, we have a deal. I mean, the deal was made back in the springtime. So come back to those uh, spending levels that we all agree to. I mean, the, I had the opportunity yesterday to be on a call with senior White House advisors, um, and they're clearly laying uh, the prospects of a shutdown at the feet of what they term extreme Republicans, and they use the term extreme Republican shutdown a dozen times in the course of 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, they're they're clearly emphasizing that four of the five corners, House and Senate, um, Democrats and even Senate Republicans and obviously the White House are, have all been on board with where the spending levels need to be. And so let's go back to the deal and, and work together on a bipartisan basis. Um, uh, you know, and Democrats may have other demands, you know, to get Republicans out of this, but that fundamentally they're loath to um, impose additional spending cuts or other policy changes outside of what the deal was back in the spring. So let's talk about impacts because the government shutdown is not, um, you know, a partial government shutdown is not exactly, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not the kind of thing where it's just switching off a light switch, right? There, there are, uh, government is a complicated beast, interactions with the federal and state governments, of course, with DOTs, you know, federal projects versus federally funded state projects. What, how do you see this kind of really affecting the industry if we do enter a shutdown over the weekend? What, what, are the, what are the most immediate effects and what are the ones that you know, our member firms should really be looking out for? And that was part of the, the discussion with the White House advisors on the call yesterday, and they've been putting out you know, additional statements and uh, really emphasizing the significant short-term disruptions. Uh, I mean, the official term here is a lapse in appropriations. So as you said, it's it's not a, a sort of clean cut kind of thing. It kind of depends on the agency, where its funding levels are, are coming from, whether they have other sources of funding, those sorts of things. But I mean, the, the point that they're emphasizing is those, the lapse in appropriations is gonna have significant short-term impacts. Um, Secretary Buttigieg is uh, talking about air traffic controllers and the the demand that they work without pay will cause problems, um, but their efforts to recruit and train new controllers to fill uh, open positions and continue to, to staff up is going to be disrupted. Uh, Department of Energy noted that uh, a number of grants that were about to be announced will now have to be delayed because their grant making office, those staff will be furloughed. Uh, the climate advisor pointed out that, um, that because the IRS staff will be furloughed, a lot of the policy guidance for the tax incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act, the climate law from last year, uh, are going to be delayed. So uh, guidance on on tax credits uh, and other incentives through the tax code uh, will be put off uh, during a shutdown. So, And then the permitting agencies, EPA, the Department of Interior, and other resource agencies, um, they are not going to be able to process infrastructure permits. And I think that's where our folks, our members in the any industry will really feel the pinch right away. Um, that as those things are, are moving through the regulatory process, that there's not going to be anybody on the other end of the call or the you know the other end of the computer to to respond to um, those and and the longer this drags out the more and more disruptive that will be. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in terms of lengths, I mean, you think this is going to what, what do you think about length of shutdown? I mean, is this going to be, yeah, OK, we proved our point. Get it out of your system. Let's come back and get this done. Um, do you think they're going to try to push it and really put pressure uh, that that group of, of, of House Republicans really put pressure on McCarthy? Um, because it's it, it seems like there's a power play there. They're, they're looking at potentially one of his deputies, uh, Emmert. I believe as somebody who could be actually be the bridge between the Freedom Caucus and and the Speaker, if 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 they brought him in instead, I mean, how do you think this is going to play out? Are we going to be going into October? Or are we going to be in Austin with a government shutdown? You know, I've seen all sorts of prognostications on that, um, and I, I'd hesitate to speculate. Obviously, we hope it's short. Um, that that those. Lawmakers who don't think that shutdowns have an impact um, will be uh, disabused of that notion. That, that the political consequences, uh, you know, will will catch up with them will be very apparent. As history has shown, uh, the the parties or that insist on shutdowns or facilitate shutdowns tend not to get what they want. Um, you know, it it imposes a lot of disruption and a lot of pain. But there are no concessions and no wins and no policy changes that that come out of this exercise. So, uh, I mean, the hope is they kind of get it out of their system um, and or and or get kind of isolated on the fringe, and then McCarthy and his team feel like they have the leeway then to to cut a deal. Um, I was talking with uh, one of our colleagues yesterday, and he pointed out. I mean, the real pain will be when that first paycheck is missed for. Uh, military, again, air traffic controllers, TSA agents, anybody who is essential to national security, public health and safety has to continue to work. Um, those are essential government functions, but they're working without pay. Uh, and so when they miss that first paycheck, um, that's when it, it becomes even more real for them. Um, and yeah, you'll see lots of news stories. You know, the the gates of national parks are going to be shuttered. Um, and, and again, the disruption will just uh, kind of continue to, to pile on. So hopefully it's short-lived, cooler heads and the kind of middle governing um, core um, in the House and Senate will will come together on a deal. That's the hope. Um, yeah, and, and we're all over this. I mean, the advocacy team, of course, Matt and your team, you're watching everything happening. You're you're having conversations. So, you know, make sure to stay with us throughout the situation. If we do end up going into a shutdown, we'll have information out on a regular basis. Check out the Last Word blog. Check out, of course, the podcast here. Um, you know, coming up, leaning into the convention, we're going to be doing podcasts at convention. Uh, really encourage everyone to take a look at those. We'll be trying some new things as well. Um, but yeah, stay with us because we'll be putting out information to our member organizations and to our member firms as we get it. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to us at ACEC. Um, just go up on our website and, uh, and, and, and you'll see the contact information, send us a message and we'll get back to you. So. Um, Matt, thank you very much for being there uh, with us and and watching this whole thing, this madness. It's uh, uh, nothing like a government shutdown. It's it, it 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 makes no sense. It's history repeating itself. No one wins, but somehow we always seem to find ourselves back into this situation. It's really something. Yeah, hopefully we'll have good news. I know they're going to continue to work over the weekend. There's some. Uh, some movement both in the House and the Senate on some potential votes, but they still seem 
pretty far apart at this point, unfortunately. So, but yeah, we'll report back early next week on where we are. Great. Matt, thanks again. And uh, this has been another episode of Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And we will see you next time and see you in Austin this October. Take care.